Blog Talk Radio. Football fans to another fantastic edition of the Neek and Chuck Pro Football Talk Show. I am your host, Neek, my main man, Mr. C, better known as Chuck. What's going on tonight, man? How you feeling? Uh, I'm, 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 I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Well, hold on. Let me, let me ask you. Are you really, do you really want to know how I feel? Or are you just asking like those people that be like, hey, how you doing? Before you answer, they they be like, ah, well, I'm doing great too. Uh, you blah blah blah. You really want to know how you just you, you just being superficial about it? Actually, I didn't even know, man. That was a question worth thinking or actually coming up with. But hey, on that note, I really want to know how you feel, man. How you doing? But, but that, but that's but neat. That's why you the player and I'm the scholar because I be thinking about irrelevant, dumb stuff like that. But anyway, <laughs> you said you really you really trying to see how I'm feeling. I'm doing all right, neat. Nor you know, I, I got. Uh, loads of laundry to do. I ain't looking forward to doing that. Uh, the weather's kind of acting funny here in, in Southern California. It's cool in the morning and then warmer in the evening. So that's throwing you off. You go outside with your with with your, your pullover on, and then halfway through the day you got to pull it off. It's just one of those days, neat. But you know what? I'm doing fantastic in this moment. You know why? Because we get to talk about my favorite subject in the world, which is football. So I'm doing great in this moment right now, Neat. Okay. All right. You're doing great. Well, me, on the other hand, man, you know, I'm a little bit under the weather. I'm telling you, I live here in Dallas, Texas, and it is one of the worst cities for allergies. I hate it. 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 I mean, they call this the big D, but, man, this is the big pitiful, the big disappointing of just, just bad weather of allergies, man. It's like one day is 90 and, you know, it's sunny. Next day, it's like 65 with hail. I mean, this weather's just crazy here, man, in Dallas. I mean, you know, hey, it's not a bad season, now are sorry, you, but. Hmm. Now, are you, you allergic? Now, is it really the weather, or is it you're allergic to the Dallas Cowboys, the football team? And it's just manifesting itself physically because you got to walk around. You see all those uh, big, the, the big D. And those big blue stars, you being a Giants fan, I know it has to be aggravating just walking around and, and seeing Cowboys everywhere. And, they, you know, you pull up to a light and somebody just screaming in your car, how about them Cowboys? I know it's got to be irritating. Could that be the issue, Nick? Well, see, when I first got here, you know, a few years ago, that was an issue. I mean, it used to drive me crazy. I couldn't stand it, you know. And I know a lot of people are like, man, you're getting a lot of gray hairs. So I can't say my gray hairs, all these gray hairs I have is a cause of, of, of that, my hatred for the Cowboys and all these Cowboy fans around here. I just kind of, man, just shook it off. I mean, you know, I was like, you know what? I can't be immune to all this hatred. 
um, you know, for my Giants and, you know, these Cowboys keep talking about they're the greatest. These Cowboys fans keep talking about uh, they're America's team, even though they ain't been a playoff since the mid-90s. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I actually won a Super Bowl since the mid-90s. Let me clarify that. But, you know, my Giants won two Super Bowls in the last nine years. So, hey, you know, I'm not going to complain about that. I'm not going to trip on that. But, hey, you know, I mean, this is America, free speech. You know I mean? If you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, die hard. You know, you want to rub it in my face. Hey, 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 Giants fan, how about them Cowboys? Well, that's fine. But don't complain when the Cowboys lose in the first round of playoffs next year or whatever, or they might not go to playoffs or whatever, and I come up to you and say, hey, how about them Cowboys? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, hey, if you want to play that game, I can play that game right back at you. So, on that note, we got a big show to get into tonight. We're going to start off with some NFL news. And for my NFC North and my AFC West, Fans, we're going to recap your team's uh, team's draft. Um, and uh, the past couple weeks ago, we're going to go over your team's draft in those divisions. So, with that being said, there was a couple signings. Actually, one big signing that happened today. And I just thought that my Giants would get this, man. But then I started looking back at this signing today. I said, nah, I think the writing was on the wall with him. The Giants did make a, um, a nice offer to Google Garrett Blunt. But uh, we don't know the official numbers, contract numbers, or if their offer was um, – if they matched the Eagles' offer or if they offered more. Um, of course, the Giants organization is not going to let the public know how much they offer with Glare Bunt. But I was excited because there was rumors talking about we might get that Blunt, and I was hoping that Blunt would be shipped on down from Foxborough to NYC, you know, in the big city. You know what I'm saying? Just pass that blunt off around New York City. I was excited for that, but it didn't happen. So the Eagles stepped on in today, and they went on ahead and uh, signed LeGarrette Blunt to a one-year deal. And actually, this is a great fit. I mean, when you look at this Eagles running back stable, you have Ryan Matthews, who can't stay healthy for a full 16-game season. Uh, You have a little uh, mighty mouse back there, Darren Sproles. We know he's getting up there in age. Um, They did draft Donnell Pumphrey. And they also have Wendell Smallwood. Matthews last season played in 13 games, 661 yards rushing, eight touchdowns. Darren Sproles, 438 yards rushing. And Wendell Smallwood, 312 yards rushing. And you have a young quarterback that is going into his second season. So, with that being said, your main weakness right now is you don't have a bona fide rusher. You don't have a number one running back who can pound that ball, and you don't have a number one running back who can score uh, double-digit touchdowns. So, therefore, it was very important that you go out and get a potent blunt. And that potent blunt, like I said, I thought it was going to be shipped on down to NYC. As a matter of fact, it just made a detour over to Philadelphia. And LeGarrette Blunt is an excellent signing for this team. Had 1,161 yards rushing last year. Had 18 touchdowns. 18 touchdowns. So I look at the Eagles. Let's see. Matthews, eight touchdowns. Uh, Sproles had a couple touchdowns. Yeah, that, that still didn't even add up to 18. Just through three running backs they had last year. So getting LeGarrette Blunt. 18 touchdowns, 3.9 average uh, per carry. Love that pickup right there. He's going to fit in well with this offense. It's going to help out Carson Wentz. And we already know that Eagles offensive line, I mean, they are loaded. I mean, they got a Barbary at left guard with Chance Warmack backing him up. We got Jason Peters still holding it down at the left tackle spot. Center position, you got Jason Kelsey with Stevan Wisniewski backing him up. 
the right guard spot. They brought over Brandon Brooks from Houston last year, who played very well for this team. And then you got Donald Thomas backing him up. Then you got Lane Johnson over right tackle. I mean, this Eagles, man, they are looking nice on offense on the offensive side of the ball. We already know about the wide receiver, um, Jeffrey, Matthews, and Smith. And then we know about Carson Wentz coming back. We already know about Zach Ertz, the tight end. So with that being said, I like this Eagles offense. I like what they're doing. They finally got a running back now. And, hey, this this Eagles team is going to be able to put up some points in this NFC East division. I'm not going to call and say they're going to be the worst team in this division because each one of these teams have improved this the past offseason except for them Cowboys. I wouldn't be shocked if the Cowboys take a step back um, just because, you know, they didn't make enough uh, – you know, they didn't address that defensive side of the ball too much. I mean, they did in the draft, but we got to see how that plays out. But with that being said, I like this pick for the Eagles, and I think this Eagles team is going to be a sneaky team. They're going to be hell to deal with in the NFC East division. My Giants, man, we get, we got to get ready. It's going to be a dog fight this year in this division. So, Chuck, with that being said, man, let me get your take on this signing. How you feel about this blunt being in Philadelphia? couple of things. There's a lot of things to cover here, and I'll try to be quick about it. First is the numbers were, were revealed for the blood sign. It's been reported as one year for $2.8 million, which is, a, a, you know, a decent offer for um, a veteran like Blunt, the Gary Blunt. So I think it's a good deal on both sides. Blunt gets a nice, hefty paycheck. Um, and the Eagles, like you said, you broke it down. This is a great fit for them. I think for the Eagles last year, uh, their running backs, uh, they were running back by committee. And they averaged like over four yards, like 4.3 yards a carry or something like that, which is pretty good because, uh, you know, you know, every two runs and you're at third and two, you know, which is where you want to be. Um, so I think the biggest help, you mentioned the, you mentioned the touchdown, the 18 touchdowns that LeGarrette Blunt has last year. Obviously, being with the Patriots, uh, their offense is a little bit more potent since we talk since we throwing out that th- those blunt references. They they was a little bit more potent than the Eagles were. So obviously, last year Garrett, what he did last year, he probably had more opportunities to get in red zone. But I think, as you said, this year with the Eagles' offense, he might not put up 18 touchdowns, but I think he will approach double digits. Uh, and obviously that's always good for the offense. But his biggest contribution, I think, LeGarrette Blunt being on the Eagles is on third down, third and short, third and fourth. Last year, with it on third and fourth down uh, with three or less yards to to go until the first down, the Eagles uh, converted the first down 54.2%. That was good for 27th in the league. So just bringing Blunt in – he averaged 5.4 yards per carry last year on third and fourth, um, a third or fourth down with three, three or less yards to go. So he averaged over five yards when it was third or fourth down. You know, so this is he, this is going to be a huge addition for the Eagles on third down, which means, and we all know how important third down is because uh, third down is either you you either get the first down, if you don't. You get the ball back to the other team. If you get it, you can continue to move down the field and score points and get closer to the red zone where obviously LeGarrette Blunt, his strength will, will you know, his contribution uh, uh, will be reflected again. So great signing. The touchdowns are important, but I think his biggest contribution is going to be on third 
and fourth down, short yardage. I think he's going to be out, go able to go out, be able to go out there and get a first down and keep the chains moving, keep the offense on the field, and just off of that, the Eagles' offense is just going to score more points and they're going to be deadlier. And let me say one more thing, Nick. This NFC East, man, they they it's back, bro. The Cowboys are good. The Eagles are loaded with talent. The Redskins are good. And your Giants are good, man. I, I I know a few years ago I talked about how the AFC North was the best division of football. That's even with the Browns, even as with the Browns as a member. Uh, but I mean that NFC East, it, it's hard pressed to find. Maybe the AFC West, maybe I don't know about those. Nah, charts, I can't even say the, the AFC, AFC West. West my, you said what? I can't even the say NFC the AFC West. West. Say that again. I said I can't even say the AFC West, man. Can't even say the West, man, because they loaded too. Everybody in that division, I'm telling them Chargers. We about to talk on them. We about to talk about that yeah, division yeah, in a second. That's that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like it, I was comparing them to the NFC East. AFC West is still something to deal with, but when you look at the AFC West, uh, worst, uh, I, I don't know what the word is. The the least. Uh, the least talented or the least successful team in the AFC West compared to the NFC uh, compared to the NFC East. Uh, I can't really compare, man. I think the NFC East got got it made, man. I think that might be the best division of football. All right, <clears throat> Cleveland Browns made a nice signing actually yesterday because we already know that secondary. Whew, man, the talent is. <laughs> Ooh, it's uh, very bare. Um, yeah, Joe Hayden, that's about it. If you want to say Joe Hayden is pretty much the best player in that Brown secondary, that's still not good <laughs> Good to say right now because Hayden, yeah, he can't stay healthy. But anyway, Browns went all out the head and signed former Titans cornerback Jason McCourty, who will be approaching 30 years old. But he did have two picks last year and has been a solid player for the Titans um, the last few years. I know he missed all of 2015. With an injury, but he did sign that big $60 million contract. I think it was back in 2012. But Jason McCourty, man, I, I like McCourty. I think this is a great signing for the Browns because now when you look at the Browns' secondary, you got Hayden with McCourty. I don't know if McCourty's going to start opposite Hayden. I know they have Jamar Taylor. Um, he's probably going to be the nickelback. And then they have Bobby Calhoun. And I know they drafted Howard Wilson, but the news out of uh, rookie minicamp last week that Wilson fractured. I think it was his hand or um, leg or something, but I know he's got to have surgery and will be out um, for a significant period of time, might be back by training camp or maybe in the fall. Who knows? We don't know um, the extent of that injury. But like I said, solid signing um, for the Browns because they need all the help they can get in that secondary. Um, It's going to be remaining seen. I mean, um, is McCourty is going to come in here? Is he wants to revive his career? I know he's kind of had two down years. Like I said, 2015, he was he missed that whole season. Um, but I don't know, man. I, I like this signing. I, don't, I just don't know what where's McCourty going to play it. I don't know if he's going to be nickel or he's going to be starting number two opposite Hayden. So that remains to be seen. It's going to be interesting how Greg Williams uses. Yeah, absolutely. It'd be interesting to see. Uh... How to use them. I mean, I'm kind of like you. I'm lukewarm on the signing. Uh, the Browns have had an excellent offseason thus far. Uh, this is definitely not one of the highlights. I think this is just a signing because uh, you can net for the Browns. On the Browns side, you can never have too many corners, especially veteran corners. Like you said, these past two years have been all that great for them. 
Um, but he is a veteran corner, and they were severely lacking in the cornerback department uh, with the Browns. So uh, I'm lukewarm on it, but like you said, can Jason McCourty revitalize his career? Uh, he would definitely get the opportunity, so we'll see. <clears throat> All right. AFC West fans, my Broncos fans, my Charger fans, my Raiders fans, and my Chiefs fans, let's get ready to talk about this past draft of these four teams. All right, I got to start off with my Raiders, man. I got to start off with my Raiders. Now, new fans tuning in to the show for the first time, I'm a diehard Giants, number one, Raiders, number two. They always been my team, Giants, been a Giants fan since I was four, 1984, Raiders fan since. 1987. Bo Jackson, of course, ran 99 yards on Monday Night Football against the Seattle Seahawks. But anyway, Raiders draft, I liked it. I mean, the first pick, Chuck, you and I, we watched the draft, and then when it came to the Raiders pick, let me just fans, let me just let me just <laughs> replay that play that moment because when you know they made the Raiders call, I'm up here thinking, all right, Ruben Foster, we got to get that linebacker. You know, maybe Zach Cunningham. Next thing you know, Roger Goodell gets up there with the 24th pick. The Oakland Raiders uh, select Gary Ann Conley, cornerback out of Ohio State. Chuck was like, Nick, you're kind of quiet over there. <laughs> Nick, you're kind of quiet over there. And I was just like, Nick, you're kind of quiet over there. And once again, I was just like, Chuck, Nick, you're kind of quiet over <laughs> I mean, bro, yeah. I was just. It it just shocked me. I mean, at first, I mean, it had to take me a minute to, you know, get over it, man, because I was just like, I wanted a linebacker so bad. I mean, I really did. I mean, I know we need a cornerback help. And then I'm thinking about Conley, you know, his little accusation that's going on with that situation. And I'm just thinking like, damn, at 24, I didn't really have time to process it through. That, that's basically what I'm trying to say. So, but now I've had a couple weeks to process it. I love the pickup, man, because we got great value for him there. Um, I think, you know, he's, you know, I think he's not guilty. Uh, Truth's going to come out here eventually. Um, the Raiders uh, organization, big Reggie McKenzie and staff, they did their homework. And, you know, they did their investigation. They feel like, hey, he's telling the truth. They feel like he's innocent. So, hey, if, if that's true, then I'm all for it. But Conley is probably the best cover corner in this draft. Great ball skills. So I do like this pickup second round. I love us getting the safety, OB Melifunu. 6'4", 224-pound, versatile player who can play um, safety and corner. He will help the Raiders, which is their number one weakness, which is covering tight ends. Man, I like it. I mean, I think he could come down, maybe play some strong side uh, linebacker. I mean, he can come down on that third down, play that uh, play that um, coverage uh, nickel linebacker role. I like that pick up there. Third round defensive tackle. Um, we got the kid from UCLA, um, Eddie Vendorors. Um, I like him. He's a big, powerful run stopper. We know he had weight issues. Um, I think he came back a little too soon from that torn ACL he had. But this kid went from weighing 342 pounds um, to now he's at 302 pounds. So if he can keep his weight in check, I think this is going to be a great steal. He sounds motivated. He even admitted talking about, hey, you know, he, he came back out of shape, wasn't motivated, but now he's ready. He's got his weight down. He's ready to keep it under control. So, I mean, I, I, I think with time being tell, man, in the near future, I think he's going to play pay big dividends. He might be our future um, starter D-tackle next season. Seventh round, we picked up running back Elijah Hood. 
which is the baby, Marshawn Lentz Jr. I like this kid right here. Big, physical, powerful runner who can run between the tackles. And it's going to be perfect in the future on goal line yardage situations. So, with that being said, Raiders had a great draft. Yeah, yeah, they they definitely had a uh, a very good draft, and your boy Big Red is uh, he's just he's just keeping it moving, man. He you know he might uh, a younger version of uh, Ozzie Newsom, the GM for the Baltimore Ravens. That's uh, that just somehow works magic uh, during the draft. Uh, but another great draft by Reggie McKenzie. Uh, let's go ahead and move over to Kansas City. Now I want to do something a little different with Kansas City, Nick, because there's only one play I really want to talk about. And you could jump in at the end and talk about the rest of the draft picks. I might say a little, mention a little something about Kareem Hunt. But the Kansas City Chiefs, with their first overall pick, we know they traded up. All right, did they trade up or trade back? Anyway, they traded. They traded up. Yeah, traded up. That's right. From the Bills, I believe, from the Buffalo Bills. They traded a lot to get Patrick Mahomes, the quarterback from Texas Tech. Now, I had to go back, and I watched, I watched two of his games. Like, I didn't have a chance to, you know, study this, really study this dude, watch eight, nine, uh, eight, nine, ten of his games or whatever, really study him. So, I'm, I'm, so take this with a grain of salt because this is coming off of two tapes, um, uh, two, game, two game tapes that I watched. Patrick Mahomes, let me get the good stuff out the way first. He's very athletic. Dude has a strong arm. A very strong arm, very impressive arm. But we all know that's it's not superficial. It's important, but uh, that should not be even in your top five checklist for NFL star quarterback. Maybe some people, but not for me, because we all know uh, how many great athletes and guys with strong arms uh, that got drafted high in the uh, NFL draft and turned out to be crap as NFL quarterback. So this dude has very impressive arm. He's very athletic. He's very escapable, uh, which means, you know, in, in the pocket, he's able to, to maneuver around and get away and able to extend plays and get outside the pocket. Uh, a, a great athlete, a great, great athlete. Uh, now, my issue with this guy, he has a lot, a lot of flaws. And most of these things – are coachable, which means with the right coach and a, a willing participant, I'm talking about Patrick Mahomes being able to listen and learn what he's being taught and apply it to his game, they're fixable. And being drafted by the Chiefs, Andy Reid, I won't say he's a quarterback whisperer or a quarterback I guess he could be considered a quarterback guru, but he's not like a quarterback whisperer where, like, every quarterback he gets his hands on, they, they become Joe Montana or nothing like that. But as far as the current coaches in this league, Andy Reid is the top two or three quarterback-friendly head coaches. We know he's had Donovan McNabb. Look what he's, look what he's been. He has uh, your boy Jeff Garcia for a while, but Jeff Garcia, kind of, he did perform while he was in the 49ers. And then you, we saw uh, what Andy Reid was able to do for Alex Smith's career, brought him back from the depths of, uh, uh, you know, being a, a first-round bust. Uh, so Patrick Mahomes, for him, he's in a great situation, being with the Chiefs. He don't have to come in and start right away. But 
when I look at his two game tapes, I, I saw the Oklahoma game from last year, and I forget what the other game it was I saw. Uh, maybe it was Arizona State or something like that. I can't remember. Or Baylor, one of them. Anyway, in both those games, something became he was consistently doing these things wrong. So if he if you do if I watch two of your games and you're consistently doing the same things wrong, I, I can I can uh, extrapolate that. I don't know if that's a word or not, but anyway, I can extend that to his other games, and, and that's just part of his game. Uh, the dude is very inaccurate on deep balls. Uh, the one game I watched, it wasn't the Oklahoma game, it was the other game I watched. He only threw, I count, he only threw two deep balls. And by deep balls, I mean longer than 20 yards down the field. He only threw two deep balls, and both of them were intercepted. And both of them were in double coverage. All his other passes were check downs. It was either to the running back or to the tight end five yards down the field, uh, or either or it was out. Uh, but that was one other impressive thing I, I got to mention, but this goes back to his arm strength is that he was, I, I saw a couple of plays where he was on the right hash mark or he was on that, the far hash mark and he threw to the field side, all the way to the opposite side of the field. That's one of the hardest throws in football to make is when you're on one hash, hash of the field and you got to throw it across your body to the other side of the field, hard and accurate. So a cornerback can't jump in front of it and take it the other way. Now, I saw a couple of throws he made were, I mean, they were impressive. I mean, they were great throws. Uh, but most of his passes were short. And his his deep ball accuracy was lacking heavily. And that has to concern me for a 10th overall pick, especially when you trade up to get him uh, in this draft. So his accuracy, his deep ball accuracy sucks. Uh, but that's coachable. That's fixable. Um, then his decision making, I also had to question because he threw into double coverage a lot. Uh, maybe it's because he trusts his arm, but how can you trust your arm when your deep when 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 your deep ball accur- accuracy is not there? So either you have some type of belief in yourself that that you're ignorant of, like you're not uh, conscious of the fact that you need to work on your deep ball accuracy, or you just don't care. Um, so. Those are major concerns for me, but like I said, these are fixable. These are things that are fixable. And Andy Reid, it's it, like I said, it's a great situation for that kid. But as far as the Chiefs go, I don't think he was worth giving that up to move up there for him. But if that's what Andy Reid wants, that's what make your coaches coach happy, then go for it. But obviously, that first round pick and giving up those picks to move up to get him. That doesn't benefit your team this year whatsoever because he would not see the field uh, unless Alex Smith get hurt. Even if Alex Smith get hurt, he still shouldn't see the field. So uh, that's just been bothering me all week about the Chiefs. When I was researching for this show, Nick, I couldn't even look at the other draft picks because I, I was just – I, I wouldn't have liked the now, guy, but go nah, ahead. Nah, I understand now because, I mean, I'm not going to talk about the Texas Tech quarterback history because – it's not very bright as far as the NFL. I mean, yeah, it seems like every year these Texas quarterbacks, they go in there, throw all these yards. But look at who they play. I mean, Mahomes, yeah, he threw for what, 700 yards against Arizona State? Arizona State's got one of the worst defense in the nation. I mean, you know, I, I just these, – these Texas Tech quarterbacks, they don't do anything for me. I mean, you want to talk about what, Graham Harrell? Remember Graham Harrell um, yep. had, what, 
334 uh, touchdowns passing. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Dude was a beast. I mean, that's when he was throwing the crab tree and all that, but he didn't do nothing in the NFL. Cliff Kingsbury didn't do nothing in the NFL. The only player to come out of Texas Tech that I can remember is Billy Joe Tolliver. And Billy Joe Tolliver, BGT, I mean, he was a beast back in them 80s, but, I mean, he played 11 years, but he played for, five, was I think it was five or six different teams. But, like I said, man, what did Mahomes really do in college? I mean, what was his signature moment? What was his signature game? What, beating Texas? Ooh, beating Texas and Austin? Ooh. So, I mean, you know, I just, I'm not, I'm like you, man. I'm, I don't know why the Chiefs went up and made this move. But like I said, we always we both said this. We both agreed that Andy Reid, he's a guru quarterback. I mean, he know how to get these um, quarterbacks to play. But it's, this is this is going to be his biggest project right here. I mean, like I said, Mahomes, he's got an arm. He's got the size. But he's going to have to get used to taking the ball under the center. Um, you know, this is the NFL. This isn't Texas Tech. <laughs> So I mean, you know, I don't right. know, man. I feel you. But you, but you know what troubles me most about this pick is that the Chiefs are there. They went yeah. twelve and four last year. They went undefeated in a division, which ten minutes ago we just basically said is one of the top two divisions in football. So instead of getting somebody in the first round who can contribute and help your team get over that hump and get deeper into the playoffs, you get yeah. a project for the future. That's what right. we're, that's what, if I'm a <clears throat> Chiefs fan, that's what I would be highly upset over. Because mm-hmm. it's like, we're there. Like, I understand a rookie, uh, uh, unless he's a top five talent, or, uh, you know, a generational type talent, uh, the, the likelihood of them being a major contributor is, is, uh, it's very unlikely, but even at the original position where the Chiefs were picking, you could have got somebody on the defensive side of the ball to help you with that 26th rank uh, uh, rushing defense. Uh, mm-hmm. Or, you know, it got another uh, corner or something to help you with that 18th rank passing defense. Uh, or picked up a lineman or any, anything to get a player that can potentially move you closer to getting over that hump and getting you deeper in the playoffs. Patrick Mahomes, he does none of he he doesn't nah. do that for you at all unless <clears throat> your veteran starting quarterback who threw for over thirty five hundred yards last year nine touchdown fifteen touchdowns only eight interceptions but he took care of the ball he was accurate and he won you games unless that mm-hmm. dude gets hurt Patrick Mahomes it, it he's not it's not even like he's on the team he's holding the clipboard so that's what that's what really troubles me and that's why I couldn't even get any further into their draft. Uh, which they did address some other positions. I mean, they got that the guy in the second round, like that big six seven uh, defensive end. Um, that's great and everything, but uh, in that first round, man, I think it was just a missed opportunity to get a project when you're there, man. You're twelve and four, and as we know, the AFC West is just getting better and better every year. Like you just, we just talked about some Raiders. I mean, the Raiders did something. Uh, Conley will be able to contribute immediately right away whether it's on special teams whether he's at nickel or whatever he can contribute to wins this season Patrick Mahomes can't do that unless catastrophe strikes Alex Smith gets hurt so uh, if I'm a Chiefs fan man I uh, that first pick just it just hurt my heart all right so while the Chiefs fans say we're there 
the Charger fans are saying, we're coming. <laughs> They're coming. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie, they are coming. But here's my question, man. A lot of analysts and fans, they love what the Chargers did with their first-round pick. I don't. I hate it. Because I look at it and I say, you take wide receiver Mike Williams, well, you know, you know, six feet, um, over six feet tall and 218 pounds. Yeah, big physical wide receiver. But my thing is, where is he going to play? Y'all can sit here and say, oh, he's going to start. But hold on, hold on, hold on now. Let's think about what these other wide receivers did last year. Dontrell Inman, 6'3", 205-pound wide receiver. He had 58 catches, over 100 uh, – well, he had 58 catches for 810 yards, four touchdowns. Tyrell Williams, 6'4", 205 pounds, has 69 catches for over 1,000 yards last year, seven touchdowns. And then you got Keenan Allen coming back. We know he missed off last year. He's 6'2", over 200 pounds. So with that being said, I'm sitting here looking like, man, hold on. They got all these power forward wide receivers. <laughs> I'm like, where's Mike Williams going to play? So you're saying that Dontrell Emmon and Tyrell Williams, they need to go back to the bench now because Mike Williams, we're going to draft in the first round. He's going to start right off the bat. Come on, man. Get out of here with that buck. I don't know, man. I don't feel like they should have went with Mike Williams in the first round because, like I said, all these other wide receivers, they contributed last year. I mean, I I, I want to see if Mike Williams is going to put up 80, 80 catches this year, over 1,000 yards. We'll see about that. But I love the second and third round pick. They went out and got uh, two guards second round, the guard out of Western Kentucky University, Forrest Lamp, who's going to start at right guard. And then the third round, they picked up Dan Feeney from Indiana University, very smooth guard who can start – um, actually, let me take that back. I was going to say he could start over Orlando Franklin, but around Orlando Franklin the other day, we already know what happened to him. He got – he need to get dropped off. He don't need to get dropped off. He got dropped off. <laughs> <laughs> so let me clarify that. Sorry about that, you guys, on my sound, but I need to change that. And then I love the fifth-round pickup of cornerback Desmond King. He's a playmaker. That's all you need to know. I know his speed isn't that great. But just look what he did at Iowa the last two seasons. Dude is a playmaker. So, hey, Chargers had a good draft. All right, Chuck, let's wrap up this division with these Broncos. All right. Uh, we'll move quickly because we still have uh, another division to cover, right? So, Denver Broncos, I like their draft. Uh, first round, they addressed, they addressed the offensive line with Garrett Bowles, um, who uh, – I won't say he was he wasn't my he wasn't my favorite he wasn't my number one lineman in the draft uh, but he fits the Broncos uh, he's a, he's a, he's a strong guy I think he needs to put on a couple you know a couple more pounds uh, you know he's under three hundred pounds could put on a couple more pounds but solid pickup they needed to address that offensive line and I think they did that with Garrett Bowles because I think he can play more than just the tackle position they can move him uh, inside the guard. Uh, is he really a left tackle? I, I don't think so right now, but you know, uh, we it just depends on how he develops. Uh, in that second round, uh, they addressed uh, another need, another uh, position they need to address was that front seven on the defensive side of the ball. We know a couple years ago, Denver Broncos was was t- was there with the Seattle Seahawks and being the best defense um, in the league. Um, last year, you know, they kind of fell back a little bit. Oh, well, actually, they didn't feel, feel, fall back uh, um, a little bit on passing defense because they were still ranked number one in passing defense. But now rushing, they came in at 28th overall in the rushing defense. Uh, so bringing in DeMarcus, DeMarcus Walker, defensive end for Florida State, 
we all know that uh, there's been a mixed bag of uh, Florida State defensive ends in this league. Uh, but I think this dude, Demarcus Walker, uh, I think uh, just listen to the veterans that's already there and, and just work hard. I think it, it'd be a great pickup for them. Uh, Carlos Henderson, wide receiver they got in the third round for Louisiana Tech. I, talented dude, but when you look at the history of those Louisiana Tech uh, uh, wide receivers and the competition they play against, I, I you know I can't get that excited about this pick. But nevertheless, they got them in the third round. In the third round, you expect to get a starter, and I think. This dude was some hard work, not immediately, but a couple years down the road, I think he'd be a starter in his league. So, okay, with that pick. They had another compensatory pick. They brought in the um, cornerback from um, Lamar College. Didn't get to see too much on this dude, Brandon Langley, uh, so I won't comment on him. But they fifth-round pick is who I'm excited about uh, being from The Ohio State University. I'm very familiar with this guy. He was one of my favorite tight ends in this draft. Jake, but, 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 but. Uh, the tight end for Michigan. Um, I, I like this dude. I, I like him a lot. As a matter of fact, I wish my Bengals would have got him. I mean, the first tight end I wanted was O.J. Howard. We didn't get him. Jake Butt was still available. And I was just waiting for us to grab them booty cheeks, but we never did. Um, and the Broncos ended up grabbing him in the fifth round. Jake Butt, I know he, you know, he's coming. The reason he failed, I believe, because of the injuries or whatever is what I heard. Uh, but he's recovering. And I think he's going to be a great he's, – he's going to be great in this league. Uh, he kind of reminds me of a Jason Witten type, uh, but just a little bit uh, – but better at turning a catch into a, into a, um, uh, to a long game. I think uh, Jason Witten, he's, he's great at catching the ball, securing the ball, getting you that first down. But I think Jake Buck can do that as well as stretch the field. Um, so, great. I, I love that. I think that's the that's – the, one of the best picks in the draft is getting Jake Butt in that fifth round. Isaiah McKenzie, wide receiver from Georgia. He's kind of dimensioned. He's a small dude, but I think he'd be able to contribute uh, special teams for the Broncos. And then another pick that I want to be excited about uh, is D'Angelo Henderson, the running back from Coastal Carolina. He's another small guy, uh, but this dude knows how to put up some yards. He knows how to uh, he knows how to get you the first down. I know last year the Broncos struggled on the average of 3.6 yards uh, a carry last year. So D'Angelo Henderson, I think he's a good pickup, but he, obviously he won't contribute right away uh, unless he's on special teams. And then with that seven-round pick, they brought in Chad Kelly, which is a good a good, a good spot for him. Uh, he can sit on the bench, develop, run that scout team. So overall, good draft by the Broncos. <clears throat> I'm going to put it like this. I think Chad Kelly might end up being the starter in the future for the Broncos. I'm not even going to lie, man. I love Chad Kelly, man. I love that kid, man. So we'll see. But I like that. I think he's going to end up starting in the future for the Broncos. All right. NFC North Division. Oh, my gosh. We got, what, six minutes left? All right. I got to fly through this division. All right. Let me start with these Packers. Packers, their biggest weakness was that secondary. I love what they did. They went out and got Kevin King, 6'2", big corner, who excels at press. We already know, man, the Packers, second, uh, those corners last year, they were afraid to press because they were getting that ass burnt, toasted, just giving up that ass. So I like that pickup right there. Second round, I love Josh Jones to safety, hard-hitting safety, who excels in the box. Third round, I love the defensive tackle out of Auburn. Uh, Travis Adams, space eater with good bursts. And in the fourth round, running back from BYU, Jamal Williams, big power back, who can run hard and in between the tackles. Great pickup right there. So, overall, Packers, they address what they need to address, which was that secondary good draft. 
Minnesota Vikings. If I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan, I would I I should be I would be excited about this draft. Yes, you didn't have a first round pick. Uh, you had to spend that to bring in the quarterback uh, last year, but. It's obvious that Mike Zimmer has learned from his time in Cincinnati and what the Bengals do, which I'm sure they learn from what the Patriots do is acquire those draft picks. Even without a first round draft pick, they still were able to draft 11 people uh, in this draft. And I like the draft. I mean, their first pick in the draft, which is second round, uh, was Dalvin Cook, running back for Florida State. Obviously, when you lose a running back like Adrian Peterson, who really hasn't contributed, didn't contribute that much uh, last year for you bringing in Dalvin Cook, you got a younger guy, uh, um, a guy who I think, uh, well, AP was good at catching the ball at the backfield as well, but Dalvin Cook, uh, I think he's more he's more versatile. He's obviously a first-round talent that you got in the second round, so that's a great pickup. Another pick I, I enjoy or that I uh, like and thought it was a great pick was Pat Elfin, the, the center from Ohio State. Obviously, Vikings is always good when you get another offensive lineman. Uh, and uh, and then in the fourth round, they addressed the defensive side of the ball, which I know Mike Zimmer was happy about. I like Jaleel Johnson, the defensive attack from Iowa. We all know how those Iowa defensive linemen are strong, hard-nosed guys, just the type of guys that Mike Zimmer enjoy. And then uh, the linebacker from Michigan, I remember I remember watching them play, but when you watch those Michigan games on the defensive side of the ball, everybody's eyes are always is always on Jarrell Peppers. Uh, so the linebacker out there, I don't know too much about him, but it addressed the need for this team. Uh, and I could go through It's like seven more draft picks, so I won't go through them because we'll run out of time. But overall, great draft by the uh, uh, Minnesota Vikings. There's going to be a lot of competition in the camp, uh, and they have some talent in there, and they address needs. So Vikings fan, even without first round pick, I would be happy with my draft. <clears throat> All right, Chicago Bears, the Bears, they had an old school EPMD bang, headbanger classic draft, which means just make your head bang your head, man. I was just on what the hell they was doing with this draft because they traded up for <laughs> Mr. Biski, man. You know, only was a one year starter, thirteen starts. I mean, he's going to need time to develop, and we already know this offseason, man. They went out and paid all that money to Mike Glennon. And then the second round, they got the tight end out of Ashland University. Ashland representing big up to Ashland, Ohio. The tight end, Adam um, Shaheen. I mean, 6'8", big, huge red zone target. But the question is, can he get open? I mean, this big boy, can he run? That's why I want to know. He's going against NFL defense, NFL fast linebackers and safeties. Man, I don't know if he can run like that. The fourth round, I love to pick up uh, free safety Eddie Jackson. We already know the Bears' secondary is terrible. They need any type of help they can get, and we already know about Eddie Jackson. He is a ball-hawking master, and he's going to help them return punts. With that being said, the only pick I love from the Bears in the fourth round, that's pretty bad. All right, Green Packers fans, or Green Bay Packers fans, we're going to have to make this up to you in a future episode. No, 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 you mean Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions, we already did the Packers. Oh, yeah, oh, that's right. You just did the Packers. My bad, kid. Detroit Lions, we're going to have to make it up to you in the future because uh, we're running out of time. Um, but I can Detroit make it Lions, up. I can do it right now, Chuck. Let me do my minute. Can you want me to do it? You got 60 seconds starting now. All right. 
Middle linebacker Jared Davis, we already know right now, they have a big hole at that Mike linebacker position. Great kid, great motor. Man, this kid is going to lead this defense, vocal leader of this defense, going to come in start day one. Second round, cornerback Taze Tabar. Um, problem with him, slow. He's slow. I mean, you look at that 40 time, only a 4.75. Come on, man. As a corner, you in the second round. I can't believe they lucky to take your ass in the second round. Come on, man. Third round, wide receiver out of North Illinois, Kenny Galloway. Man, I love this kid right here, 6'4", and needs to add on some weight, but he can be a playmaker. And then in the sixth round, Brad Kaya, quarterback out of the U. Can't believe he came out this year. Brad, I should have told you, should have listened to Neek, man. Should have kept your ass on school one more year. But she decided to come on now. I don't know why. Mm, uh, uh, we'll see about that. <laughs> That's how I feel about it. In the forefront, I also like the uh, outside linebacker, Jalen Reeves Maven, a linebacker from Tennessee. Definitely going to add some good quality depth. So with that being said, that's the NFC North fans. We will be not on air next week, not next Wednesday. We will be on the following Wednesday, which will be the 31st big show. We have Maurice Moten, Big Mo, the Raiders beat writer from the Bleacher Report, and the host of the Mike and Mo show out of NYC. Big up to Big Mo. Looking forward for him to be on the show on the 31st. Going to talk about the Raiders and the state of the NFL. That being said, neat Chuck. See you guys next week.